special guest, Ben Stewart. Lovely to have you on, mate. G'day, everybody. G'day, mate. <laughs> it's uh, it's really good to have you on. I uh, I appreciate you and I appreciate the music that you put out. Um, obviously, yeah. it's it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. Oh yeah, thank you. We've probably been a fan for three or four years now. Like really, no, it was just yeah. before Saint Leonard's come out is when we when you sort of. Took Bound the bait. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, nice. I think I fell for the uh, the Italian the Italian uh, vibe yeah. you had going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a few sort of people that reach the, the out. Photo but... shoots that non this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one of my favourite things. Yeah, that that legitimately non this house. Oh, <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah, it's um, a lot of people reached out and they were like, "This is giving me like um all these crazy rush of memories because it looks exactly like my childhood kitchen that I kind of." you know, mine on this mm. kitchen or, yeah. Yeah, so that's exactly how I related to it as well. So, yeah. I guess that was kind of one of the reasons I was like, these guys are awesome. Like, that whole, <laughs> whole cup of tater thing, you're pretty sure you got a cup of tater tattooed on you. Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> got a few cousins with the same one. And, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. So, how, how long has the music thing been going for you? Like, is this like something you've been doing since high school or? Yeah, I was playing, I played music ever since like late primary school. And was like form, forming little bands and stuff in like year six and stuff. But then I was on drums for oh, right. all of um, all of high school. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, left high school, kind of dabbled with guitar. I was like always writing songs probably from the age of like 15. And um, my old man had like a MacBook um, that he wasn't using for work. Okay. And so I discovered GarageBand ah. doing like little demos <laughs> and then... Um, and then, yeah, it's just like, I got to a certain age and I was like, I gotta do something with this stuff. And, um, uh, started hanging out with Alex, okay, our yeah. bass player, mm -hmm. um, in high school, but we never really, um, connected on music. And then he was working at a studio and put up, uh, a thing on Facebook saying like the studio I'm working at is paying me in hours, not money. I've got like 300 hours banked up to, um someone want to come oh, record right, and i was I like see. i was like fuck it i got like all these songs i was like hey man i'm, I'm gonna come record and he's like oh you you sing and play guitar and i was like yeah yeah oh, let's wow. do it and that's so we recorded the songs i played most of the instruments but had some friends do some other stuff and um he ended up just being like can i play in this band like, <laughs> yeah yeah humble beginnings yeah yeah it was cool Bloody yeah so that was back in high school that that all kind of started or just after high school just after just high after, school, okay. yeah. yeah. Most of high school was drums for me. Like drums, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. after you said you learned, started learning guitar, dabbling with that, and yeah, I was I was always trying to do it in the background, but didn't have the confidence. I think to come out and it's and hard to get off the kit once you're on the drums. It's always like, oh, the drummer's got a song. It's probably like the, the only. I think drums is like kind of the only thing I can like get behind and I have any kind of like skill. Not, not that I'm yeah, great, yeah, but like yeah, I can yeah. actually like, if you give me a guitar and play something, I'll be like, oh, I don't even like really know how to use this thing. But if I get behind a drum kit, I can, I can work my way around a kit, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good foundational instrument for songwriting. Mm. Gets your head into like, um, about thinking about music, like very structurally, mm. you know? So I think it, it yes. a lot of songwriters, I hear just tend to start on drums. I don't know why, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because me and Luke were just discussing that yesterday that 
the guitarist because me and Luke have our own kind of project with a with a couple guys. You know, oh, right. basically we've got a band and we haven't released anything yet. Have you got a name? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We've got a, <laughs> so is it not? We've got, we've, everyone knows the name. It's called All Monsters Are Human. Yeah. All, yeah. All Monsters Are Human, or in short, it's Armor A M A H. Sick. It's something that me and Luke have been have ideas for probably for the last like three four years. Yeah. Always like writing songs, talking about it, and we we tried so hard to get a group of guys together and. Drummers were so flaky and, of course, you yeah. know, like trying to get a group of guys that kind of gelled together was so hard. And then all of a sudden we found these group of guys before, just before COVID, 2019, end of 2019, and we just all gelled and the drummer's like real, real good and he's real into it. So we've kind of got a group of guys now. We've got song, got about like 10, 12 songs and then obviously ongoing, uh, ongoing and then a whole bunch of other side crap because we love to just fuck around and yeah, jam, yeah. you know, you write, you, you can pretty much write a new song just by fucking around. That's totally, yeah. But that's, that's the project we're going, but like in saying like a good foundation is drums. Our guitarist, one of our guitarists, he actually played drums first uh, right. and he changed over to, to guitar. Like he played drums in another band. Now he's the guitarist in our band. But yeah, Luke was saying that he, the way he plays, you can tell like he's got that, you know, he's, he's, he was a drummer. Like he, he understands. He just understands like the intonation and following the kick drum. And oh just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cause we're playing like hardcore metal kind of stuff. Yeah. And he's just like, just so precise with, all right, I've got to play that. And then it's like, a drummer will put in an extra ghost note or something and he'll be like, oh, I want to highlight that. <laughs> so he'll just like play it on the guitar as well. So you're like, oh shit, yeah, that is there. And yeah. it'll be like, just stuff like that that he's doing. It's like, I don't even realize he, I don't think he realizes he knows that he's doing it. Yeah, but it's just yeah. like so natural that he's behind the kit that he's hearing all the stuff that's happening and he's like, oh yeah, I'd normally highlight that. So I'm going to do that on the guitar. Yeah. And it's just like, makes it, so like it just Everything adds an extra connected, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Like writing music's been like such a learning experience. Like we'll do something, say like we can all get there except one guitarist and we'll all have an idea on what we're going to play and then we're like, all right, we'll show to, you know, Ben the next time we, we get together. And then you think, okay, like what he's going to, the way he's going to react to it is going to be like this way. But then he gets it and he's like, oh, why don't you try it like this? And you're just like, oh, okay, that's like fucking way better than what like we were thinking, you know, it's just, it's really interesting to see how everyone's mind is, is different and the way they, they you know, understand music and what they put forward. For sure. Collaboration. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it, man. I think, I think it's great. Fuck yeah. So have you got some studio time on the horizon? Uh, yeah. Uh, we haven't booked anything yet, but we've been discussing booking stuff over the next couple months. Yeah. We've yeah. got a kind of a plan, you know, everyone's timeline. It's just hard to get everyone together. And obviously coming out of COVID, things are kind of opening up now in terms of like studio time and stuff like that. But obviously there's a backlog. A lot of people that have had bookings oh, probably. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's all right. We're not in a rush, mm-hmm. but it's, it's good fun. And, it's more like yeah, heavy metal type music. I don't know if you're if you're like metalcore. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah metalcore, uh, hardcore. It's kind of I don't. Know, I'm hesitant to put a label on it until we've we're fully recorded and, mm, and done all the guitar tones and, yeah, and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like now you're listening to it and it's just like we haven't really discussed. Oh, what what should we change about the guitar tones? Mm. And mm-hmm. Like you know. Do we really need this section here or like we, we haven't really discussed like that overall tone of what what's going on we've just yeah. been like writing and we're like oh that sounds cool <laughs> and then you're like listen to kind of the recordings of of what we've been doing and it's kind of like 
every song just sounds different. Yeah, so it's like yeah. we just need to yeah. get that uniform going throughout the whole like, song. We've got like, we've got like very very minimal clean vocals. You know, a lot of it is your you know screaming, you know, heavy metal vocals, and then breakdowns is like something that I love. So I'll make sure I get some breakdown in there. Because <laughs> like, what do you play in the band? Oh, so I actually sing. I mean, me and Luke sing. We both do vocals. So he, you can play guitar. Luke can play guitar and bass. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I can just only sing. So I've yep. done lessons and stuff. Um, like like normal, like clean vocals, just singing that. And then I went. I did that for a year, and then I did twelve months of almost twelve months of like learning how to scream properly. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the, my instrument. I guess it's an instrument. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. This is definitely an instrument. Yes. Don't let anybody tell you. Your otherwise. voice is definitely an instrument. There you go. <laughs> so, like, I never studied music or anything like that. Did you ever study music? Or um, just in high school? I had some drum lessons and, um, like, your basic music class. Yeah. Um, but when I left high school, I, uh, I lied to get a job <laughs> teaching drums and guitar. And I'd only ever taught myself guitar. Oh, wow. And so, um, I had to, like go back and learn a bunch of theories so I could teach it. So I was like just trying to stay like a few lessons mm. in front of like the VC students. <laughs> I was like 19. So um, that was a bit of like a jump in the deep end. Yeah, well, I guess when you jump in the deep end like that, you kind of like force yourself to learn, you know. Yeah, you learn very quickly when you have to teach someone else. Mm. I found. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess so. Like obviously, I've never taught anyone anything like music-wise, generally I'm getting taught things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, watching YouTube videos, you know. <laughs> well, that's it. YouTube's like so um, amazing for that. Like, I know if I ever, I'm like, oh, what, you know, what keys is, what scale do I need to, you know, muck around with this song? Just jump on YouTube. Yeah. I, I don't, because I've never studied music and I don't like music theory is really not something that I ever have learnt. So like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, like when they talk, they they all know music theory really well, and I'm just like, okay, I don't really know what you're talking about. So I thought I better I better start learning because like I was like, hmm. how like I googled like one day I googled like how to write music if you can't play an instrument, and like the first thing that come up was like strong you need to have strong music theory knowledge, and I was like, damn, better start better start <laughs> learning. <laughs> you can kind of um, I feel like by fucking around on, with MIDI on GarageBand or oh, yeah. like I use Logic now, but that kind of like gets you your head around key signatures pretty quickly because like it it presents it in like i don't know i learn pretty visually and it's obviously on a grid yeah yeah so you can kind of i started to put it together a little bit quicker when i was doing it that way yeah i have to look into that i think the only program i've ever really used this was way back i don't know if you like fl studio (laughs) oh yeah pretty loops (laughs) pretty loops yeah yeah yeah. way back in the day i used to you know go fucking around with that but it's funny how that program is like the one that all everyone finds at a young age, but I worked with a few producers last year that used Fruity Loops and they okay. brought it up and I was like, <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. All right. And I was like, I'd flown into state to work with this particular producer, brought up Fruity Loops and I was like, what have I done? <laughs> and, um, but he was incredible. And like, it was just, a lot of people say it's like quite, quite an intuitive okay. program. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, good to know. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, in, in high school, we used uh, Logic Pro 10. Yeah, right. And that was like, it was so good. Like, I was 15, starting to learn music theory. And then it's like, you bring up Logic, and it's just like, everything's like, like you were saying, the midis are all laid out for you. And it's like, all these preset stuff for you. So when you're like, 
editing stuff, it's like, oh, you know what, there's an auto-generated kick drum equalizer, so I'll just throw that on there and then I'll sure, walk around yeah. with it and see how we go. So yeah. it's like, it's so, yeah, mm. I, I, you've got to buy Max for that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a big conversion. Like, what are they? What are the programs you're using at the moment? Is Reaper and what's the Reaper other one? Reaper and I'll, I'll use Ableton. Ableton, yeah. what's what's the other one, Joe? When he writes out all the, oh, he writes out all his it's like a sheet music, sheet music. Sibelius. Ah, uh, yeah, I was yeah. watching him do it the other day, and he's like writing out his drums on this on thing. Sibelius. Yeah, well, yeah. it's got it's like sheet music, and yeah. he's writing out all the bloody symbols and this and that. Yeah, and I'm just like, just bloody, and he's out. counting it all out. Because <laughs> like we jam, we jam, obviously we, we might hire like a place and go just fuck around and jam all together to like play the songs, and then sometimes we'll sit in front of a computer, plug all the amps and everything in, and like guitar should record straight in, and Joe fucking does his drums and stuff, and that's how kind of like workshop some of the songs that way. Uh, cool. I guess everyone does it differently for sure. Yeah. Over COVID, were you, were you guys writing music? Yeah, I was writing heaps. Writing heaps, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was all kind of had control over, so I went, went pretty berserk. How did, how did that go? It's good, yeah. We've got so much stuff to release, nice. and um, yeah, it was awesome. We, it was good. Not a, not a chapter three of 37 songs. Nah. <laughs> nah. You got me good with that one, mate. You got me good. Because, <laughs> like, I think it's a joke. I'm like, yeah, no shit. I was, I was at work. I'm, so I'm an architect. I work in the office. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I was looking at my phone and all of a sudden I see this thing pop up. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And someone was like, what, my, like the, the girl sitting next to me was like, oh, what's wrong? I'm like, like one of my favorite bands is just releasing like a chapter three. They got 37 songs, no way. That's and so bad. And <laughs> I felt so bad since I uploaded it. I thought it was going to be everyone instantly like, oh, what a funny joke. Very good. But it, was, but it was just like, yay. Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. You know like, made my week. This has killed my depression. And then I was like. You know who ruined it for everyone? King Gizzard coming out with four albums in one year. And now everyone's like. Yeah, that'll yeah. release another <laughs> yeah, thirty-seven song. That'll release a thirty-seven that. song three-disc well, album. It was it was a big surprise to get the chapter two of Race Car Blues. I, I don't think anyone was expecting that. Yeah, that was. Um, we always planned to do it, but probably not. We didn't plan to do that many songs, so COVID allowed okay, us to yeah. kind of the time and space to do that. But um. But yeah, we got so much stuff banked up over COVID and yeah. we like hooked up with a bunch of people overseas that we probably wouldn't have mm. um, to make music with, okay. um, like, like to, to mix and to produce and stuff that we probably wouldn't have if COVID hadn't ha have happened. I guess there was like positives that come out of it, I guess, in sure. terms of stuff like that. Like we had um, uh, a few, maybe three or four episodes ago, um, a band called Wind Waker. Mm -hmm. We had uh, Indy, the bass player, on, and he was explaining how over COVID it allowed them to really write, and um, you know they did things that they didn't think they'd be able to, and the whole pro they said the process was difficult doing Zoom because um, one of the guys, lead the, the vocalist, lives in um, is it Wollongong? No, he lives in Wagga Wagga. Wagga Wagga. Yeah. Anyway, so like they, they had literally had to do it over Zoom, and yeah, he said they got heaps of stuff out of it. You know, it was it was it was like it was good to be forced to write, and and you know, you didn't have really have anything else to do. No, that's all you had control over. So it was um, it was I thought I now I view like lots of positives coming out of it. We're starting to see like the fruits of it. Mm. You know, as like we start to release stuff, and um, you pro like you never really get a chance to like that to sit back and just go. 
all right, where, where do we want to take the band? Because mm. you're just too busy keeping up with, all right, we've got a show next week, we've got this. Yeah. Hey, guys, I wrote this, like, while we were home, you know, two yeah. days last week. What do you think of it? Sweet, put it on the pile. Whereas, <laughs> it, we got to go, like, okay, here's a massive group of songs. Like, which ones fit where and which way do we want to take the band? Mm. So it was cool to kind of take stock and, and do that. I guess, like, you kind of had a stage with, with the band that, like, you, you, you've, grown, you've grown a lot, like, a hell of a lot that you, you can actually say, oh, where do we actually want to go now? Like, we, we're at a stage where we could go, like, you could you could be touring internationally, like, easily now. Like, oh, you got a, you got a pretty big following <laughs> compared to other locally, you know, the small small bands. Like, you, I just feel like you've, you've gone next level. Thanks, bro. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's... It feels good. I'm like, I, I'd kind of forgotten. And then I had like some solo shows this week and we did those, the Melbourne ones in Jan. And you get a reminder, you're like, oh, that's right. There's people out there and they love it and <laughs> yeah. they're supportive. And, you know, yeah, I can't. This it, this year and next year will be really exciting. If every if all the plans go ahead, I don't know. We've got the tour in June, but I'm like, is it going to happen? <laughs> I hope so. That's, that's the delayed tour from... Well, yeah. it's supposed to happen during COVID. Yeah, actually, me and Luke actually have tickets to come to that. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think we we yeah. almost missed out. We I think we got the second night, like when it came out the first time, it sold out. So like your show just sold out. Sell out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The first like maybe two yeah. minutes, it's like yeah, see you later, no more tickets. Oh, we I we forget every time. It's like, and it's nice to see it sold out, but it's um still get scared when we put up a a show, you know, one seventy or something. It's like no one's gonna want to come. Yeah, well, um, I was at the 170. That was the last show oh, I think cool. I saw you guys play at, and I, that was one of the best, best live performances, man. Like it was really, really Thanks, good. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you go to a slowly, slowly show, you know it's going to be a good time. Like, yeah. Festival at a, a, cool. at a small show, we're always yeah. like, yeah. Hell yeah. Really yeah, and Thanks, boys. It's kind, it's kind of strange though because when people say, "What music do you listen to?" I'm always like, I listen to heavy metal. And then I'm kind of like, and like alternative and rock. And then I'm always like, and there's this band slowly, slowly. And they're really good usually. Because if I say to someone, listen to like Polaris, they're going to be like, oh, either going to be like, oh, I don't like it because they're screaming, you know, and or they're going to like it if they're into that music. But like, if I say to someone, hey, listen to slowly, slowly, then they're like, oh, I can get around this. Like, it's pretty groovy, you know? And yeah, it's, <laughs> it crosses a few different... Yeah, it has a, a foot in a few different pools, yeah. I think, slowly. So, yeah, it's funny that, but we, yeah, like our drummer is, is like listens to a lot of heavy music. Yeah, he used to play in like a really fast skate punk band called Anchors. Yeah, the guys from Melbourne. Anyway, anybody who's watching this, check out Anchors. They're one of like um, okay, mine and Alex, the bass player's favorite bands. Right. So we used to go to all the shows, and we fanboys so hard over Murph. We used to go just to see Murph play. Like wow. we were obsessed with Murph, and then um, our original drummer Tom left to go live in Berlin. Oh, wow. um, he and uh, this was just after Camomile, and um, and I we wrote the anchors page like a, a DM. We're just like, hey, what's your drummer doing? You guys haven't been very busy lately. Any chance we could get Murph's wow. details? And then. Yeah, we, we spoke to Murph and locked it in. Shit. So still now at Soundcheck, awesome. we're just like, we'll always like, when he's Soundcheck and he plays the same groove um, that he used to play from an anchor song, 
And we always, me and Aquila nice. always lock eyes and we're just like, got him. Bloody hell, that's an interesting story. Yeah, we were just fanboys. Managed to, managed to sculpt him. Well, I guess if they weren't playing anymore, then, you know, he didn't literally yeah. leave that other band. You just picked him up. He was a free agent, I guess. <laughs> they were just kind of slowing down. It's funny when we talk about it now. He like he he'll say, I was so nervous at our first jam, or like you know, and we we were just we felt like little kids, and then there was this like monster in the room. Like yeah, he was just, he's so good. Bloody hell, yeah. A good drummers are hard to come by. Yeah, and he's got. I feel like a good drummer, you need like a chip on your shoulder. You need to be like hitting something out of you, mm. and he's got that. He hits the hits the piss out of the drum. Passion. Passion yeah, you know. he's just it's yeah he's fantastic player mm. yeah and how did you become a fantastic singer <laughs> i still don't think i'm a very fantastic singer i still feel like i'm no people might know. disagree with that conspiracy <laughs> theory um uh yeah I, I don't know i just i just gave it a i'm just giving it a giving it a crack giving it a crack yeah you've never done any lessons or anything like that no. or you know okay self-taught it's a you, your vocals are perfectly fine. There's nothing thanks, to worry thanks, about, mate. mate. Uh, I would say that I would say they're more than perfectly fine. More than perfectly fine. fine. Uh, I mean, thank it's, you. It's it's strange though because if you look at there's such a diversity of like vocal styles and everybody sounds has their own sound when they're singing, and like sometimes someone that you don't think has a great voice, you put it together with music and you're like, okay, like this is really catchy. Like there's just something about their voice and you're like, it fits really well and they sound really good. It's, it crosses all, all um, genres, you know, and especially like if you look back and like I think um, Tom DeLonge's probably a good one, like probably doesn't sing the best, but everyone's like always, like everyone it's sings, like, like tries to sing like him and imitate sure. him. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's with, that's with so much music out there, you know, everyone's got their own their own thing that is unique yeah. for sure Billy yeah. Eilish or um, Kurt Cobain if you no. take him out of a grunge band you're probably listening to it like who the fuck is this bloody <laughs> trying bloody sing like this <laughs> yeah it's um I've in the for the last couple of years I've been really trying to kind of find that uh, original kind of inner like melodies that you know it's like no one else could write but mm. me and they may not be like the best melody in the world you know it's not like something that like adele would sing over these four chords but mm. it's like it's very much my personality stamped on it yeah yeah and so trying to think about music in that way as opposed to i think when you're a bit younger you try and approach things like who are my heroes and how can i imitate like yeah. how can i get as close as i can to what i perceive as like greatness mm. but um now it's more about like trying to just what is my personal stamp you know yeah yeah i guess yeah. that just comes with time like, yeah you gotta write a million songs yeah it's, learning it's and drinking, like maybe like after you've written that many songs you start to use yourself as a inspiration you know like i oh, remember that how did i write that that time like that was so good you you like use yourself as your own hero <laughs> chase that, yourself that's <laughs> like a dangerous thing i think too because you like you know it happens with a lot of bands that i think maybe fall over a little bit on their second release because they're mm. like you learn what why people like you mm. and then you play to that right you create like the caricature of like what you are and then you go okay what would they do as, as opposed to thinking like what would i do yeah you know? yeah yeah okay. so it's a it's a funny little game trying to stay original but grow at the same time mm. 
I guess you just got to stay true to like what you are feeling personally and as a band in that moment and like like when you're because like you write a song you write an album in 2018 and then then you write an album in 2020 like it's two years difference you've gone through a lot in your life you're not going to have the same feelings so like you kind of just got to go with the flow for sure you can't just no you can't you, a lot of people might like be sitting on their book or something that they've been writing for 15 years and it's supposed to be their kind of the thing that encapsulates them as an artist and you put so much pressure on it that it's like it never gets released you never finish it because this thing defines you like 100% because I'm more of like the school now the school of thought now that it's like um, there's a quote by Tim Minchin you know the comedian yeah, um, yeah. and musician and he, he said art is like what we did in the time we had and I think yeah. I, I try and think about it like like that nowadays it's just like this is our time period we're going to make something we'll put it out and if people like it awesome if they don't that's yeah. it and then we move on to the next thing so yeah. yeah I guess if you if you get stuck you know trying to cater for what you think people want you you lose the your you know what your band is really supposed to be I guess you're forcing something well rather than just yeah. letting it happen and people can with art with music like they can smell a rat like if you mm. you know if you're trying a little bit too hard somewhere fabricating something if you're ramping up an emotion a little bit too much just to appease yeah. your genre or something like people can smell it i, I think it comes hard. out especially it comes out like in a live performance like recorded like maybe yeah but like the crowd's really good i think that the crowd's really good at picking up the vibe of the band and and like the especially like lead singer and yeah, if you're doing stuff that's not 100% genuine, it'd probably it'd probably come off, you know, on a live performance. For sure, yeah. Yeah. I guess you're the one that's going to know more about that than me. <laughs> oh, it's, a scary, it's still a scary thing for me performing. Like, I probably, pre-COVID, was like coming around to a point where I was like, nah, fuck it, like, you know, I'm, like, I'm fine. Like, doesn't matter how many people are there. Like, I was feeling like really in the rhythm of performing like week to week. And, um... We had a bunch of crazy experiences that in 2019 with like um, those shows with the Chili Peppers and yeah, and, um, or it might have been late 2018. I can't remember, but um, little things like that that kind of ripped the bandaid off any stage fright I had, and I was just like, you know, if I could do that, then this is fine. Mm. And COVID, I just reset me because <laughs> I came out at the for our corner, yep. so the solo shows and was just like. What is this feeling? Played, oh, that's right. I remember. played acoustic, acoustic stuff, didn't you, at the corner? Yeah. That was my month ago, month and a half ago. Yeah. Had yeah. like, uh, did four shows at the corner and by the fourth one was like, you know, it was, it was fine. I was, you know, it was, it was like stand up comedy, you know, it was, it was fine. <laughs> we were up there, but, um, but then, uh, a bit of time passed. We played a couple of band shows and then I went to Adelaide this week and just felt it again. It was like, fucking freaking out for the show and I was like not again yeah I think it's it's not a bad thing you know to have the that sense of like nervousness and like to re just to really make sure that you're you you're, you're got in control you know because if you're if you go up there and you're kind of like oh I've done this so many times like you know you might become too relaxed in it I guess everyone always says it's a little bit of, of you know nervousness to keep you alert might be a better thing you know for sure and then it like means something to you people could sort of sense that when you're up there 
I, I definitely get the, the charm in the shaky hands and the kind of that first song of being like kind of watching all those idiosyncrasies like yeah but um yeah there's I'm, I'm definitely not where i want to be back yet i think hopefully before the tour we've got yours and ours festival next week so oh okay yeah 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 i don't think i've ever been to one of them Are they, is that melbourne yours and ours festival? No, it's in wollongong wollongong okay yeah it's like alternative yeah festival like it's not really it's not like heavy metal and that they have like it's a lot of rock, alternative rock but they also have like hip-hop type stuff as well yeah, don't they? Indie stuff indie, and, yeah, yeah it's um it's actually a really funny setup this year because of covid so i think there's like 12 or thirteen thousand people at the festival but they split it up into quarters okay and we play on uh we play on a circular stage that turns oh and so every quarter gets like a <laughs> quarter of the song and for the entire set it spins at a very slow rate wow yeah. That's interesting. That's really cool. Very exciting because I think that's how they got over the square meterage and right, covered their bases in terms of COVID. I wonder if th that's going to be full tilt. <laughs> ah, yes. You, you guys have tickets for full got, tilt? Got, full, got tickets cool. to full yeah. tilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as it comes out, we grab tickets. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be a good show, man. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Yeah, I think... Um, there's a lot of heavy bands on there, like God is Murder's playing, and yeah. it's, a, it's a really good mix playing. of like alternative music, yeah. all the way up to like deathcore. Yeah, well, I think they did really well. Luca Brasi's playing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and there I I'd never really listened to them that much, and I was listening, I was like, oh, these guys are really funky. They're cool, you know. Oh yeah, they're great. Yeah. We, have you played with them? You have heaps, heaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah we sort of um, came up through playing gigs at the same time and yep. shared stages a lot yeah they're good good close friends of ours nice yeah nice yeah they're, uh, they're really easy to listen to you know kind of like yeah, slowly, slowly put it on just in the background <laughs> yeah yeah they're, they're um tyler's a great songwriter and yeah i think busby their guitarist does a lot of the music okay um yeah they're legends so it, it'll be cool to uh to do a touring festival like we, we hadn't done many we did um the same company that is doing um Full Tilt did Good Things. Okay, yeah. And we did Good Things uh, pre-COVID and that was so fun. Yeah, yeah, you did do Good Things. Yeah. yeah. I think that was the first time you paid a safety switch live. Yes. If I, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, was, I was there and I remember I was like, I have to go see Slow Slow. And um, you had, you actually had the... the Beck Stevens. Beck, is it Beck yeah, Stevens? Beck yeah, Stevens, she yeah, actually yeah. sang, yeah. Yes, poor Beck. We always, um, we never rehearse it. We make a point and we're just like, let's see how it goes. Oh. And, um... Poor Beck, she's always just like rolling her eyes at us. I think the, one of the earlier times we played it was in Tassie as well, and Albert's guitar was in the wrong tuning because oh. he hadn't got his head around what we're doing it yet. Launched into it, didn't play it. We made a point of not doing it for sound check. It was a train wreck, but we just <laughs> laughed the whole way through it. Beck was just like, she had her in ear monitor. What is happening? And like the crowd probably didn't didn't know any, you know, they were just enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> Albert, when he makes a mistake like that, he doesn't tend to like stop and then go like, okay, what what's happened here? <laughs> he just goes like, should be alright. <laughs> and so I'll oh, fix it at the end. Yeah, fix it at the end. And so it was like so frustrating because he knew what was happening and he was he was sort of confused like, you guys are fucking up. Like, <laughs> 
and that's you. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, I actually love him on stage, man. He, he's, he's really funny to watch. He moves around a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's lightning in a bottle, isn't he? Albert, yeah. yeah. He's real fun to watch. Um, you don't really you like you don't really move around too much on stage, do you? Like you're playing the guitar, so a lot of the time you're you're playing. You're kind of glued to the yeah. You're glued to the mic a lot when you're singing, so it's hard to kind of especially if you're on guitar. But you, you can't actually take the mic off the stand and run around, so Nah, so I think we'll for this next tour we might do a few when I'm off the guitar because 'cause I'm just keen to do that. Mm, yeah. Maybe you can jump down into the crowd. Who does <laughs> yeah. do that? Yeah, I do that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I see quite a bit of crowds. Yeah, I can't remember if I've seen that. Maybe yes. I have. Yeah. Where? <laughs> Almost every show we've been to is crowd set. Oh, shit. Good Maybe you were doing the we beer run at that point. I can't, I can't remember. Good <laughs> I've seen too many oh, shows, right, okay. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, actually, yeah, yeah. I was, prob- I was probably one of the guys holding you up at good things. <laughs> I do remember that, actually. That time, yeah. With the, no, you had your hair things. out, flowing everywhere. <laughs> Melbourne good things, yeah. One of the good things shows I hit my head on the um, bar so hard. Oh no! Getting carried back, but I think it might have been Sydney. Shit. So, who's the favorite? One of your favorite bands you've actually played with? Do you have yeah. one? I mean, maybe you don't want to give favorites, but uh, favorite bands you've played with, as in local or international support. Uh. Well, I, I'd give, you'd probably give local and international support if you want. Obviously, international support's going to be maybe the ones you're fan over. <laughs> For sure. Jeez. Um, Put you on the spot. <laughs> no, yeah, well, we, well, we did really enjoy playing with Chili Peppers just because that's like a huge bucket list thing. For me, I was a massive fan growing up. so um, And they were brilliant to watch as well. Like, you actually so, got to meet them? Uh, yeah, we met them. Um, Chad was nice. Go slowly, slowly. <laughs> As we walked up on stage, it was pretty, pretty crazy. But um, but yeah, they they were really lovely, and uh, and it was just crazy to watch them. Like, yeah. Um, fuck, what else? Locally, like we had um, Shannon James, um, a girl from Melbourne, support at the corner show. She played solo, but mm-hmm. she also plays full band, and um. I just think she's like incredible, like world class songwriter, wow. and um, she has like a fantastic like kind of country inflection, but he's almost writes like pop, and oh, it's okay. just I don't know, it's really really cool. So and really interesting lyrically, which I feel like a lot of the time when stuff moves into the pop world, it kind of lacks a bit of substance. Mm. But yeah, I think it's really, really Shannon James. Shannon James, okay. and um. Oh, we've got some friends from Brisbane uh, that play in a band called Friends of Friends. God, sounds familiar. Yeah, and that's like a old alternative pop project. Um, they just released a song, um, Barnaby, is the lead singer, and um, I think that song's really cool and always like pushing the envelope of like what they're doing. I think that's cool. I don't know. I fall in love with like little things that might not be uh, popular. I, I, I guess in in terms of the mainstream, and then I'll obsess over that like I'm not I don't have Spotify or anything so I don't listen, oh really no I don't <laughs> listen to um, music in that way I don't know why I'm, I, I think I'm maybe I'm stuck on like CDs or like yeah yeah just vinyls yeah vinyls or just I'll listen to the one record for like a few months and I'll just obsess right I'm like that and then I'm also like writing so many demos and stuff I'm always like and when you're when you're writing all day and then you're 
and you might be like checking mixes so you have to write mix notes so you're like you know like noise cancelling like you know, trying to hear <laughs> the tiniest details um the last thing i kind of want to do is sometimes listen to music for recreation so yeah um, you need a break from it people always like uh you yell at me for turning the music down in the car because we'll be like talking and i'll be just like i can't handle this i need silence <laughs> my ears are ringing from you know rehearsal last night or something yeah bloody yeah. hell you, you, sometimes you need a break you know yeah your life is music so it's, sometimes it's good to take a step back i guess yeah for sure I, th- I i know some people that like have that ferocious hunger for like new music and it's mm. like i need like you know and all of their playlists on spotify are color-coded and they're sifting <laughs> things into their different moods and they're like they just have this like hunger to like catalog and find new music but i don't have that i'm like a bit more kind of lazy with it mm. and it kind of pops in front of me sometimes i'm like oh, and then i'll obsess yeah yeah i guess everyone listens to it differently and like generally i'll listen to like if a, a band releases an album or an ep like i'll i'll listen to that in order like three four five times and i'll listen to it constantly over over the next like three four weeks and then if i've got a show coming up so i'll book tickets to a show that's in three or four weeks I'll listen to that band, like all their music. I'll just listen to it, just like constantly, like leading up to it, just to like give a refresher. Because the only other time sure. I listen to music is like I go to the gym and I have like my playlist on. But other than that, like that's just a mix of all my favorite music. And other than that, I'm kind of like specifically picking a band and like going through their music or listening to their latest releases. It's a good way to do it. It's nice at a show when you know every song that's mm. played. I yeah. think. Yeah, you, that, that's almost because you've given music to people and that they have ownership over it. And then it's like the show is not so much about you as a performer as you think. Mm. It's like because people are there going, it's my song. Yeah. Or my song's on. And I'm remembering when I listened to that song with that person in that car or when I went to, and that was playing in the background when I did this. Mm. It's like theirs. People build so, a, an emotional connection to yeah. you know certain songs, and they they relate it back to a point in their life or a certain time that you know was gave give them happiness. Yeah, and yeah, I guess that's you're right. You know, and everyone everyone has that one song that they're waiting for you to play, and you, you want to make sure you you know everyone is happy at the show. So I guess most of the time they'd hear all the songs they want to. Yeah, we're we're lucky enough now to be at the stage where there's like it's pretty easy to pack out like an hour to an hour and a half set. Yeah. So like, you know, you've got, and we can fill that predominantly with singles now. So you're going to know, people are going to most of the time be like, oh, sick, that song, or that song, oh, great. But I think these acoustic shows made me appreciate pulling out a couple of like deep cuts from the records, like okay. some niche ones that weren't popular because mm. I don't know about you guys, but a lot of my favorite songs aren't the singles on a record. Like the, the strange, you know, little acoustic song mm. or something like this that, you know. Or the B-side track that for sure. never sees the light yeah. of day if you haven't bought, like, the this vinyl specific or, yeah. style, yeah, yeah, yeah. this specific, like, CD or vinyl. Yeah. And it's just like, you listen to it and you're like, why did this not make the album? And then you're like, you look at it and you're like, oh, it doesn't really fit the vibe of the album. It's just a really good song on its yeah. own. And that kind of, um, when it's special like that no no the battery is all good but the the camera it this bloody camera every half an hour it goes standby it goes like a standby and it shuts off the live view luke will fix it's all right everyone's still listening to us 
They've just got a blank screen on YouTube. Good time for a glass of water, mate. You've been talking for a little bit now, so you might have a dry throat. Oh, yeah. Have you, uh, are, you sure, are you sure you don't want uh, wine or whiskey? Or... No, okay. <laughs> I got pretty pissed this week in um, Sydney, so I'm all good. Yeah, because you, you were just playing shows over this last like week, weren't you? Yeah, went to Sydney on Thursday, Crowbar. You guys, are, if you love heavy music, you should. You guys got to take this podcast on tour. You got to go, go to Crowbar. Oh, we, Maybe. We've... Uh... We've had discussions about what what we want to do in the future. This whole we podcast to... started during COVID. Like we were saying before, how like a lot of good things come out of you know being at home and having extra time. What well, gave me the time to really set this up? And I was like, right, we me and me and Luke kind of set the plan, and we said, okay, we won't start doing in person ones until we have the right setup. So I started with Zoom, and then I was like. I don't want to wait until I have an actual proper studio, so we'll just make do what we have here. So we bought everything we needed to, we set this up, and then was like, okay, once we get a few under the belt, and you know, I become more confident, and finding people, and it grows a bit, you know, and I actually can get some really good guests on, then we can talk about, okay, now we can really branch out and maybe you know do some sort of touring or go to somewhere and actually do a podcast at a at a um, you know show or something like that for sure so, you get like um sometimes when we get uh we'll get after we finish like a festival slot with our manager will drag us off and they'll have a bunch of booths backstage and you, you might do like right. a podcast an interview for that or do that and you you just do them in a row awesome so they'll have like media tents and sections backstage at festivals so and that this is the sort of thing that other stuff would you yeah yeah Yeah. cool. could be something that i branch out into you know do it i think right now we're on 21 episodes so like it's it's not that many episodes but it's been gone since like last september usually like one a week gets released so it's it's building up on itself so i I guess the more people i get connected with um you know then i can start doing stuff like that maybe yeah i think that'd be it's not just um, music so like I've had people on that we talk about WWE wrestling oh yeah you know and 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 Jim and um, we talked about that sort of stuff with one guest and I had another guest on and we spoke about like um, the environment we spoke about um, evolution because like he studied um, veterinary science bioscience so it was like really heavy on like climate change and all that stuff and then I've had a couple music people you know and, and just a whole like some just like really funny ones shit talking ones with some of my friends where we like, have a drink drink some whiskeys just laugh tell some jokes you know and it's a good mix so it's a little bit of everything cool yeah it's exciting bro it's funny that's another positive that's come from COVID yeah. it is it is and I, I look, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but Luke's got his own thing <laughs> called oh. Non the Luke. Well, we both share it, so if you've ever come across any of our pages, you know, I, you know, honestly, I've probably tagged. Yeah, slowly, that's slowly. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember it's all coming back to me now. That's right. COVID as well and that was good fun man and like oh, playing on the whole you know Italian family thing and making Italian desserts and that so and you know what that's all about so of course yeah my, I actually live in the um 
same street as my nonna. Oh, nice. Oh, so she's coming over every second day. <laughs> it's like everybody you. loves Raymond. <laughs> she, um... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, uh... Like that Melbourne video clip for the, the mm. song that we did for that Triple J thing, like, we filmed at her place. Nice. Because, like, <laughs> I'd exhausted all the locations at my house and it was COVID, couldn't go anywhere. So I was just like, nonna, I was like, we've got to do this video in, like, 24 hours, can I come to your house? And she was like, she was like, okay. So I got around there, but she was, she didn't know like, uh, what the hell we were doing and we were filming in her backyard. We didn't go in the house, but, um, I could just see like the curtain kept moving. And then the the plate of food come out. (laughs) She must love it, huh? She's, yeah, it's been really cool to actually, to get to know like, um, you know, your grandparent, um, like on that, I want to say like friendship level because it was, you see them at family functions and stuff like that, but I don't know. It was like, it's different when you see them like just because, just yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, and just the two of us exactly right. So, and just because it's like, oh, um, you know, she'll call me cause technology will break around her yeah. house all the time. So I'll <laughs> go around there and fix the, I don't know, the, um, she was getting harassed about getting, um, the NBN. Oh, they, they kept calling their phone. They kept calling her and stuff. She didn't know what the hell they were calling about. So she'd call me and be like, they're going to cut my phone off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, my nonna and nonna get the same thing. You know, they get hassled to phone calls. I think they actually disconnected their, their landline because I was sick of getting calls. They, yeah, they disconnected but the landline and now they get normal uh, how to use his phone now. So you can text. <laughs> that's how to call. He's on the Facebook. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, oh, he, lo- he loves it, you know. It's bloody... The, the you, technology. you went out and bought a soundbar and then he called me up and goes, oh, Luke, can you come over here and connect the soundbar to the TV? <laughs> like, where'd you get the soundbar from? Goes, oh, oh. I went to Aldi and it was a good one there, so I bought it. Loves Aldi. Good on him. Loves That's Aldi. Crazy, yeah, man. they love the middle row at Aldi. <laughs> yeah. All the stuff on special. Oh, bloody hell. But, so, did your nonna ever been to a show? In, the, in one of your shows? She came to a congrats show once because it was at the Croxton and it was like really close um but uh she was um she I think they're not used to so I think watching bands for them even if it's like a wedding band or a band at the Italian club like there's never any like it's not a very powerful PA yeah and the drums aren't going through it and like you're not getting like a sub bass you know and so she's standing there they've never felt that feeling of like yeah, a kick yeah. drum in the chest or like you know when you know, like come, a sub yeah, bass yeah. comes yeah, in, you and you're you're feeling it. Yeah, like your body's vibrating. She never felt that, so I think she was very distracted by. Mm. She was like, there's just too know. much going on. Yeah, and as I met, like the lights and you know, her experience of like music concerts is like, you know, some dude with an accordion at yeah. the club. So it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit different. Yeah. So she saw a congrats show. Yeah, I haven't taken her to see slowly, but I think she's gonna come at one of the upcoming Melbourne headlines because they've got the 170 Russell the um the band room is uh kind of to the right hand side of the stage up top mm-hmm. and it's got a glass um oh okay like a looking yeah. area so you, see, you can yeah. view the stage and oh, she'll be kind of out, yeah, of the, yeah. out of the hustle and yeah, hustle yeah. and uh, out of like that noise so <sighs> and, I think that'd probably be the best way uh, I think that 170 Russell show that would we would have went to like you know two years ago now, uh, 
I think I saw your uh, maybe some family members there. Which oh, I yeah. was like, I was like, Luke, you reckon that's uh, they're like the auntie or the you know, nonna and that? <laughs> yeah, <it looks laughs> like maybe. Like, yeah. <laughs> Reminded me of my family, you know, totally, standing yeah, there. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's a five foot two woman over there. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my oh. mum was real small. Everyone, everyone, she uh, she was actually in Sydney for okay, just randomly with um a couple of friends on the this week, and so when I played on Thursday, she came to the show, and she always ends up always ends up like telling a few people in her vicinity Aww. that she's <laughs> that's awesome uh, she's yeah, proud she always, yeah, has to like <laughs> let and then at the, at, at the end at the merch desk there's always like a little crowd around her <laughs> she's just like <laughs> she's out the stories and, oh that's good getting the inside goss <laughs> yeah it's like two shows for the price of one bloody hell yeah. so how long have you had this congrats stuff going on for uh, probably a few years now. It's uh, a few years. Oh yeah, I, I I never knew. Really? really? Yeah, I yeah. Never knew. Ah, right. I honestly, I literally thought it's something you had done over the last few months. Well, it's the music has started coming out pretty recently, but um, as you guys know, it takes so long to get that stuff in the can, and yeah. um, especially with that project because it was born out of like a lot of collaboration with different mm-hmm. producers and. Um, and a lot, a lot of people were interstate, so like traveling and kind of doing this stuff in the background. And and now it's, and the way that I guess releasing music in Australia goes anyway, it's, it's kind of, you kind of have to schedule it in long way in advance. And then if you have two projects, like kind of give a window to the other project mm. so that you're not kind of, it's like, can, can get confusing. I yeah, think if yeah. like too much stuff's coming out from both projects and kind of cannibalizes yeah. that release and that mm. release because you're like, oh, that just came out, but this has come out. And mm. and so to keep things concise and clear, it's like you have to allow these windows, but slowly it's just this unrelenting monster truck that just seems to go from release to release to release. Yeah. It keeps barreling forward. Well, you, you, and so it's kind of hard to like, yeah, yeah give it a moment. You spend so much time writing the music and getting it all prepared, and then you release, and it's like okay, touring, and then touring is just like yeah, bang, 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 exactly bang right. for months and months, and then you're kind of like, well, we need to write more music while we're touring or towards the end of it because like people are going to expect something new. <laughs> yeah, so it's just it's hard to find the to find the windows to give it um, a good a good uh, thrashing. Mm. But I think um, like we, I've got an EP coming out in which will be like the first footprint of the project in a few days, like April 23rd. Yes, that, so. this is for congrats. This is yeah. for congrats. Yeah, so I yeah. think I listened to, you've probably got a couple singles out, lead singles. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's what I was listening to not long ago on Spotify. Because uh, I'd come across, I was like, oh my God, I think I've seen some like Facebook or Instagram stuff and I was like, holy shit, he's doing like solo stuff and I got onto it and I was listening to it. This is cool, lads. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's cool. I think that that'll be because of the bottleneck of material that came from COVID. I think I'll like I'll have congrats for this kind of collaborative dark pop stuff that mm. I've been doing, and then slowly's obviously it's its own thing that's kind of my baby, and then yeah. um, and then I'll I'll probably because of these solo shows, I think move into doing some acoustic records as well. Maybe under just like my own name or something. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I've got heaps of acoustic songs. I bought a new acoustic guitar in COVID, so nice. Kind of was, <laughs> yeah, splashed out, got something nice. Yeah, I've never had like a like a nice acoustic of my own, so mm. 
But I'd imagine you have quite a few instruments at, at your house. Yeah, lots of instruments. <laughs> so what, what do we go? Do we go Australian made? Do we go no, pick got, up a Maton? No, I got an old um, 60s Gibson. Oh. Yeah, it's very pretty. Okay. It's like tortoise shell binding around the body and it's, oh, a, nice. it's, a, it's really nice. I think I need to get a couple of things like fixed up because they're, it's like an old student model from the 60s okay. that had um, kind of primitive bracing on the inside of the guitar oh, so yeah. it's kind of it's not as resonant as like a, a modern guitar yeah. like a modern martin or something so um there's a few things you can do to them and i'll mm. reset the neck and stuff so that it just is a little bit more resonant but yeah. it's got that old boxy like bob okay. dylan kind of yeah, tissue box a little bit of, a little bit of a tinniness in there see if you can bring up the guitar so i can actually see what it looks like oh. and we can show people that are watching on youtube have you, have you posted a photo of it um, it would be probably in the recent ones on the Slowly Insta. Oh, like, well, if not, I'm sure you can Google it and find a photo of it. For sure. Or, yeah, or I guess if it's on the actual Slowly Slowly uh, yep, page. It's, uh, let me just think. Jeez, it's, I think it's a 1968 LGO. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> the there one. you go, Luke. He's a wizard. Right. Brings it up. <laughs> so good. Yeah, Share it out for everyone. Do all my capture stuff. <laughs> there you go. He's got it. He's got to capture it and rule it out. I don't bloody know how he does oh, it. He, he's the IT man for this oh, project. Very cool. <laughs> Here we go. This is what people will see then. Oh, cool. There we go. Looking good, dressed up there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> is that a photo taken at one of the shows? I assume in the back. Yeah, that was backstage at um, Tassie in Launceston. I no, notice you got a bit of blonde in, in your hair there. Yes, a bit of COVID boredom taking over. <laughs> That from a, a certain did you do that for a certain video clip? <laughs> <laughs> or did it just happen to coincide. Oh no, I definitely did it for the level. Um, that was that's such a cool video clip, man. Thanks, oh man. my god. Yeah, we did. Uh, we shot a lot of videos over COVID. That it, you know, stuff will start to come out later this year. But um, <laughs> are people seeing that? Yeah. Okay, they saw it. I'm just gonna hide it now. Sorry, I cut you off there. Oh, that's alright. So the, uh, yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure it's an LGO. I'm bad with gear. Like I just, to be honest, it's not that nice of a guitar to play, but I don't feel I deserve a <laughs> super nice one because I'm a bit of a pig on the guitar. Uh, well, you play what you have to, I guess. So like, how much do you actually play like on a live show? Because obviously you're singing and you've already got a guitarist. So are you, you're just playing like rhythm chords, basically. I just play rhythm parts, yeah. yeah. The, um, yeah, that's the one. 1968. 68. Yeah. Let's see this beauty. Is that the one there? It's kind of like that. It's got like a red. Yeah, that's there. That red. Oh, that one. That's the vibe. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, she's a cutie. Um, oh, ah, there we, there we go. That's what we've got there. All right. It's what we've got. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was imagining. Thanks for that. Was from like being that. on the uh, Dan Andrews surf team, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, got that acoustic. Very nice. Um, yeah, but I, I I don't play that. My parts are always simple, like a lot for live. I just like focus yeah. on singing, and we just recently sold all our amps and right. went digital. Okay. 100% through DIs. Uh, yeah, we, I have a Helix 
and Albert uh, got a head rush unit, and it is like never going back. Okay, so you got a good setup now. Gone to the dark side. We're just we're stoked with it because we had the time in COVID. Um, Alex, our bass player, is an engineer. Nice. Um, so he, we got this head rush unit, and we went through like uh, the studio sessions for all of the, the songs matched the exact guitar tones of Albert's okay. um, and built patches in the pedal board. So he'll flip through to like to our song, so like Alchemy. Mm-hmm. So it'll say like, it's got like a touch screen or oh, this wow. big thing like this. <laughs> uh, it'll say like Alchemy at the top and then it'll have his like intro, verse, chorus, lead, tone. And they're all like completely studio matched. So when we... Uh. And now, because we play with in-ears, it's like, it just sounds like the record, the guitar. Nice. Like, as opposed to, you know, shoehorning it into whatever pedals you have at the time. And Yeah. So yeah. You, you've built yourself up to a real good setup now. Now it's really nice. And I don't miss any of the, like, that noise, you know? It's just like in between songs. It's just... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I never thought I would uh, do it, but um, fully digital. That's it. I think, like, so is that what um, Paul was telling us about, how how they do it? Yeah, one of the yeah. other guys I had on a, a band called Gloom in the Corner. Yeah. Um, Mel- Melbourne band, they do, he- you know, heavy metal stuff. And they were, he was explaining his setup for his band and how they do it. They had an issue one time at Unify. Um, they thought it was their um, machine or their, well, not the machine, what was it? The board that scrambled yeah. everything. So the digital, they had a digital board running the setup. Yeah. And they blew a fuse in the board, so it scrambled the whole sound check. So when they were flicking through to get to their sound check presets, it was all scrambled, so it wasn't the right preset. So they had to like go through and try and adjust it on the oh, fly, man. and certain yeah. channels weren't working. But they thought it was their rack rig that they had made for to plug all them, all their guitars and amp and um, and bass mm. into, and to run their. Uh, their backing track off so they thought that their their rig that they had made was interfering with the board and then they were like changing and plugging in plugging out oh, this rig. is like 40 minutes of standing on the stage with a big crowd in front of them waiting at Unify Festival yeah 40 minutes it was 40 minutes I was standing there trying to fix it yeah. um, and then they realised that it wasn't their stuff and that the actual like Unify sound area they had their machine had fucking shit itself <laughs> So then, <laughs> those they festival eventually, changeovers are just... Yeah, they eventually fixed it, or as good as they could get it. Yeah. They played, but that's yeah. like... They weren't happy, they didn't they weren't the sound. Happy. They weren't happy with the sound. It still sounded good from our end. Yeah. Like, it's towards the end of the night, first night of Unify, everybody's already feeling a bit buzzed, so we're yeah. just like... Yeah, they they played they headlined the AM PM night, yeah. first night, the Thursday night of the Unify, so yeah... They still played the show. Everyone loved it. But you know, he was explaining that to us because I remember being there and everyone was kind of like, what the fuck's going on, you know? After that 40 minutes of stress, though, you're never going to be like, okay, cool, let's play the show. I'm happy with it. Like, you yeah. just, you go in just like with that gloomy mindset. Mm. It's already, um, we've had a few like moments like that. I think this push to digital was a big part of mitigating that kind of stuff happening because you, um, like it's pretty fail safe mm. like and even if one of the boards did shit themselves we're taking DIs and we can always use like ant modeling through a secondary unit mm. um, that we've got okay. there so it's yeah whereas um, 
you'd be so like the, the chances of something going wrong with your digital setup like that is so much less than random backline amps that you hire around the country yeah okay like we were going around i get the, i was getting the same amps every time i got two fender twin reverbs and the volume difference between even the two that we got say at a show mm. like it was just a different amp like and that's just the way you, like analog gears yeah the way and i was just sick of especially at a festival changeover you get fuck all time you're backstage it's like you're trying to just focus on your performance. You shouldn't be like plugging, plugging in, plugging out, like trying yeah, to. Yeah, fuck. And so and this way we just go, and it sounds so like So many us. different things. You've yeah. got to test if something goes wrong. It's like, right, is it the amp? No. Is it my board? No. Well, is it, is it what I'm plugging into? Is it the cable that's going from here to the desk that's wrong? Or mm. is it, yeah. is it my quarter inch? And it's like, yeah, yeah. so all these things you got to, yeah. Yeah. The troubleshooting is like, yeah, very yeah, stressful. Yes. And like I, I imagine um, that would have had it would have been like times two at that year of Unified because we had a really really bad weather, mm-hmm. and it rained like hundred kilometer winds, and oh, they no, couldn't yeah. actually couldn't play the show, so they just had all the bands were just like okay what the fuck now so all the times got scrambled bands were playing on different stages and what they usually would have played on and uh, that would have been a nightmare, would have been an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've never played Unify, have you? Not yet. Oh yeah, but I reckon, I reckon, I reckon it's coming up. (laughs) Don't say anything. You're not allowed to say anything. (laughs) We're supposed to uh, have a unify, obviously, but COVID fucked it. So this unify coming up, I don't know. Reckon it might be slowly, slowly on there. (laughs) We've been trying to make it line up with schedules, and it just quite hasn't fit with where we are in like the album cycle in the past. But because we're we're our label is unified, so it's um it's uh. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, bloody hell. It's a good label to be signed to, I reckon. <laughs> they're, they're great. They've been awesome. So, that's the label. Do you have... Do, it always confuses me when people sign to multiple things. So, like, they're signed to a label, then they have, like, someone who actually releases their music, and then someone who books them for actual shows and stuff. Like, a band can be signed to Destroy All Lines, but then also signed to, like, another label. So cool. Yeah, okay. always confu- I always get confused about that. So I think Destroy All Lines will book you. Like they'll book you. Publishers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. International publishers and all that. Because like you could also have it your own... Confusing. Yeah, you could also have your own for territory. A lot of the time yeah. you might sign for mm. just Australia and then you're free to release your music yeah, yeah. elsewhere. Like some, a lot of the time they have like a personal manager as well. That's what Indy was saying. The, their yeah. band Wind Waker has like their own personal like manager who books them. Like they're not actually signed to like a... Yeah, booking agent. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. So. Ours is pretty simple. We have... Unified is the um, label, and then we have Four Tone Agency who books us, um, and then our management is also tied in with Unified. They have a management arm of their company, but Sarah, our manager, works for Unified. Perfect. So there you go. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. And having like management and in the same working in the same building as your label, it's like. In, instead of chasing emails or doing that they can have a brainstorm just by going hey can I come in for a sec we're gonna so like yeah. stuff moves pretty quickly for us mm. um, and we have like a really symbiotic relationship with the label because because of that so um, yeah and they're, they're growing into like a real global presence now like they've got mm. signed some some really cool stuff from around the world so yeah yeah, yeah. there's lots of um, lots of cool bands signed on onto Unified um, 
like I think Thornhill signed to them and yep. Void of Vision yep. and like a lot of, they're like the bands that we would listen to like locally and stuff but like is North Lane on, North Lane's on North Lane, yeah, yeah North Lane's there Crossface on there I'm pretty sure While She Sleeps was on there for a while you know While She Sleeps I don't think I do no. so I don't know if they're with them anymore oh While She Sleeps while, while She Sleeps yes, yeah do, the UK yeah. like metalcore I yeah. guess yeah, yeah. Amy, Amy Sharp is in the five? Uh, so that's when it gets... Activity. Yeah, that's because when that's it gets a little confusing. Ah, right. Yeah, she, yeah. Was, um, she was managed at Unified Music Group. So I think they separated in terms of Unified Music Group and UNFD, the label. Yeah. So You actually played with Amy Sharp, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see the show. I just remember seeing the... Because uh, I think it was when she released her um, album, which was would have been a while ago now. Yeah, um, it was the debut record. Yeah, yeah, which I actually really like her. Mm. Um, her music's great. So when you guys were playing with her, I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Like, you know, to get on to get on that. So, yeah, she um, she was sort of speaking with her management and um, uh, said, you know, I'd love to have some bands. Like, that would be cool. But you know, it's alright. I have to have sort of pop stuff. And and the management was like, "No, you can you can do whatever you want. Like, mm. you can have." If you want to have a rock band, like have a rock band. And so, yeah, we, we did that tour with her and then she did a regional and used, um, got Sly Withers from over in WA to open. Okay, and they're friends of ours. They're like a rock band as well. So, um, yeah, I think she's grew up on sort of, you know, pop punk and mm. rock music. Oh, I like Amy Shark. Um, her music, but no, I reckon it's because one of my favorite ever artists is Avril Lavigne. Oh yeah. So like growing up as a kid, like Avril Lavigne was like number number one. Like had her had let go CDs yeah. played all the time and like my little um boombox stereo thing and like Good Charlotte was probably the other band as well and obviously like Blink One Two was massive back then and so like that's that's the kind of music I was like listening to when I was like growing up like from a kid and um, yeah she sounds nostalgic of that era. Yeah, she? like yeah. listening to them kind of like you know reminds me of you know back then and for sure yeah. yeah. What, what were you listening to when you were a kid? Um, I went through a lot of like different phases. I, I like I, my first cassette was Blink One Eight Two. Like I got Emmer of the State, <laughs> um, and that shaped a lot of who I am today. But um, and I, I so I love Blink, um, and that's a that's a band that our band really we all connect with so, because we all come from different musical walks mm. of life but we connect all of us have, have the same feelings yeah. about blink and the same so maybe you know some people might say that you know we would align with blink in a few songs that we um have okay and that'd be because i think they seem to be like this connection point for all four of us mm. but um uh so blink i don't know like Smashing Pumpkins and oh yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, cranberries. <laughs> yeah, I like cranberries. Um, I don't know. I like it. I like lots. My um, mm. my mum loves like you know, like Whitney Houston. And, oh yeah. So I grew up listening to a lot of like stuff like that. Or I guess that, that, that like your parents do kind of shape what music you listen to when you're a kid. Yeah, my dad is he plays bass okay. by by ear. Like he's never had a music lesson. Mm -hmm. And would always pick like extremely difficult songs like that had really interesting bass lines and then learn them at home and just like chug away like playing by ear um and so i'm a sucker for something with like a, a nice groovy bass line i think because right. i grew up with that kind of stuff so um 
But yeah, I mean, I got into like all the Taking Back Sunday like pretty hard oh, yeah. growing up. And it's not very pop punky, like some of the influences that you know you would have had. But then very like. I got into all that progressive stuff too. Like I love Tool. Oh like, yeah. You know, like I love Tool. Love um. Yeah, I don't know. I was listening to like Meshuggah a lot. Oh like, yeah, a lot of people love Meshuggah. Yeah, just like I got, I was very into like sort of math and that kind of industrial, really hard mm. stuff for a while. I don't know. I, but then, I guess it's. I always felt different when I picked up the guitar. It was like it had a musical personality when I played drums, and that was. I think when you play drums, you gravitate towards different styles of music that are fun to play drums yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Whereas um, I would align myself a little bit differently with stuff that I view as like when I put on a songwriter's hat because mm. it's just like I couldn't give a fuck what the drums are doing at that point. Like it's, I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm thinking about like the melody, lyrics and the song structure and the chords and I'm just yeah. like, that's like a different way to view music, but drums is very like formulaic, like you're, you know, something it becomes more difficult or easier depending on which mm. way you play it. And yeah, yeah, you can make it a, real difficult. Yeah, <laughs> and as a drummer, like, oh, okay, so like I was obsessed with Mars Volta. Like, okay, Mars Volta. The Mars Volta, you know, at the drive-in. Am I gonna look really silly here? No, it's okay. <laughs> if you're any, they're like a. They're they're a very like musicians band. Okay. And it's and uh, I think when you you play an instrument like the drums or the guitar, you you gravitate at especially at a young age towards stuff that's like, what is how far cause how far can this instrument be pushed, you know? And it's they're fourteen minute songs. Wow, you know, with fourteen minutes. Giant solos <laughs> and things. And I've sort of moved away from that. The older I've become, I think, and and now like a simple melody with like a really poignant message is like enough to, mm. you know, make me go, Ooh, you know, so yeah. I don't know. I think that's probably aging for you though. Like that's just, everyone kind of changes with, with age, the way they play their music. And yeah. you can see that with bands, like as a band releases their albums, like it seems like generally the bands will go like, they'll start really heavy and then they'll just slowly get like they change their musical style to be like a little bit less like more chill and a bit more clean vocals comes into it like if you're talking about specifically like a heavy metal band that's generally the progression they take you know for sure yeah that's i've seen it a million times it's, yeah you better get heavier and I, yeah and i don't think i've ever seen a band that gets heavier <laughs> no it's um Die Art is, well, they say consistent <laughs> Die Art is murder. They haven't got heavier. <laughs> yeah, the new Architects record was pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's probably just once you, you, you want to reach as many people as you can with mm. your music and it's, you know, whether it's right or it's wrong, a lot of people will hear screaming and they'll say, that's not for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like an instant turn off mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And so, like yeah. you were saying before, like, you know, you show people oh, I'm digging this guys, and, yeah. and you know, if it's got screaming in it, a lot of people, like, no. you know, they just and I think it has to, a lot of the time, it has to hit you in that sweet spot. Aggressive music has to hit you when you're like 14 to 16, and then for the rest of your life, you have a, you can you can appreciate it. Yeah, but if you've missed that. Showing you're not enough. 
Polaris. Like it's not going to go down you that know, well. You know, let, alone, know. let alone Nonna, like my scream? parents. Why is it scream? <laughs> but even my parents, same thing. Like turn that off, it's going to give me a headache, you know? Yeah. Like, but like but it's, even then, like my uncle grew up during like that uh, 90s yeah. like, grunge. So for, he loves like corn, deep purple. Nirvana uh, is one Nirvana, of his favorites. Like, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Like, he likes, like, one Ugly Ugly Kid Joe is, like, his favourite band. he likes, like, that kind of precursor, that alternative, like, starting to get into that heavy rock scene. And then we show him, like, the bands that we are listening to. Like, we'll throw on Polaris, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, it's all right. Like, not as good as what I was listening to. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, That's it. A lot of people are just, you're triggering nostalgia. Like, the older you get, you just you build these you build your little mm. musical food pyramid and then it's just who can take me back to feeling like i was 15 again mm. um, yeah you, you're doing that you're doing that yeah. you're not doing that and then it's it's as simple as it is a lot of the time with mm. musical tastes it's funny how like you after you start to dissect it and then the concept of like music journalism just hurts your brain because you're just like this is obviously all subjective and people mm. are just triggering their nostalgia, making themselves feel like they're kids again, trying to find stuff that makes them feel... Basically what it is, it's... And they have that, they feel the right that they can go, this is shit and this is this good. This is good. And it's like, I just, uh, I, you know, music, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. And, and in, <laughs> in that sense, like, it's a funny thing, music, because what, like, what other thing will people want you to play over and over and listen to the same thing over and over? Like if someone has, like if you go to the movies and you watch a movie, you're not going to want to go watch that movie again and again and again and again. Like, or if you go see a stand-up comic, you're not going to want to hear the same jokes again and again and again. But like when you see your favorite band, you want him to play all your favorite songs and you will listen to them again and again and again. It's like every time you go, oh, you want to hear their number one song, your favorite song. It's just so like, strange in that sense people just like nostalgia just bring back memories they want to be like feel like that time again you know 10 years ago or 20 years ago and it's one of the only art forms that really plays on the concept of like repetition mm. so like very like you know maybe poetry as well but you never get you know the the concept of a chorus it's like it's you know the it repeats three four times <laughs> yeah. in a song it's like it's a crazy thing and it's uh, and everyone just goes yeah yeah fuck everyone yeah. just agrees that let's that's go again. what you do yeah. let's go again and it's the people gravitate towards like a chorus generally the song it's the part they can sing along to and you know it comes around the first chorus in the song and then they sing along and they think it's great and then it's kind of like they're just waiting for the next chorus to come and you would see it up on stage like surely the crowd involvement and the energy picks up when the crowd knows that there's that chorus coming up and they sing along you know yeah, your chorus is like your, it's like your headline of the news article. It's like people can easily latch on. Mm. It's a simple message that encapsulates all of the, maybe, you know, uh, more complicated topics that, you know, you might be like tackling something in the verse that you could, you know, and then it's like the chorus is one line that just seems to surmise yeah. it. So it's, uh, with songwriting, it's, I feel like there's, there's two muscles that get, um, you grow as you, as you maybe like start to write more songs and one's like the, like the actual fuel that you're throwing into it. So like, you know, what, 
what are we writing about, you know, and what's like the, what's the content, you know? Mm. And I view that as like stuff that is like the, the bones of the song, right? And then the other muscle that you're flexing is your ability to like chop stuff up to be accessible by someone else quickly. So it's like, I've got my idea here um, and you can have the best idea in the world, but if you're not presenting it in the right way, that's like in a digestible way for someone else. It's like it maybe misses the point or it takes too long to get to the point and they've switched off by then. And so when you, I think people confuse the two sometimes because you go, I've been writing songs for years. I know how it goes. Intro, verse, chorus, verse, (laughs) chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. I know how it goes. And you think that that's songwriting. And that is definitely like a scientific art Mm. that helps with songwriting and to get your idea across. But people forget about that other bit. And I think that's why pop music can sometimes, you know, it grinds people because it's like they've got all that science down. There's no heart in it. There's no actual yeah. content being poured into it. Mm. And it's by these wizards who sit on Ableton and they can whip up, they can turn the shittest of ideas into into an earworm, something that you're going to be accidentally yeah. humming in the fucking car, <laughs> tapping your steering wheel, and you're like, I hate this. Why Why is it in my head yeah. all the time? And it's because that's that science part, they've mastered it. But there's a reason you go back to all your favorite bands and you, you do that. And it's, it's not necessarily because of that. It's because of the the heart and the content that goes into it yeah so, i don't know i'm trying to get better at both all the time but yeah. it goes back to what we were saying how like you know the the fans or people listening they can really pick a fake you know or if you're For sure you, they, they really know so you gotta put your heart into it that's what music is that's what art is music's art so art is, is really like you're pouring out your emotions you know onto some sort of canvas you know whether that is actually a canvas you're painting on or a song you're singing so it's I, I love all arts, whether it's drawing or painting or music and just, uh, I just grew up doing all of that. So I, I kind of gravitate to it and I, I think I, I kind of, I enjoy all, all types and I can like relate to it. I can relate to what people are trying to get across with emotions and their emotions at a certain time in their life, we can differ to other times. So like when a band says that their new album doesn't sound like their old stuff is because emotionally they're not they're not in that space anymore so it's kind of like if you if you've been through that and you're someone who generally gets their emotions across with art you can you can relate to that you can be like okay i know what they're talking about Mm. so for sure the the people get sort of chastised all the time because they don't put out the same record Mm. again it's such a classic thing. Yeah, it's weird because then when bands put out the same sounding, they're like, you just sound the same. It's like a copy. Yeah. Like, yeah. People, like Nickelback, and they go, oh, they're just copy and pasting songs. It's like, so when a band stays true to the sound that they want to be, like, they get shit on. And when they change their sound because they're like, oh, we want to evolve as a band, they get shit on. It's like, yeah. well, where do you go? Which way do you go? So like, I, can, I can appreciate when a band changes or does something different because you kind of like all right like i understand why you're doing it you know you're, you're trying to capture a different audience and you're in a different headspace at that point in time so it's i think it's a good thing like people always hang shit on bands that change but then again that if they don't people hang shit on them anyway so <laughs> you just gotta follow your heart you know <laughs> it's true you just really have to just put a footprint down and be unashamed of it just yeah. unabashed and like always um like bringing the horizon was a big one 
And I was like, why do people want them to make heavy, heavy screamo music that they can mosh to? Because they're always gonna, them songs aren't gonna go away. They're, they're there. Like everyone loves them. They're always gonna play then handful of songs at a show. Why would you wanna create more of the same thing? They're just not gonna be able to play them all live. Whereas like if they have newer songs, they get more audience, you know, they get bigger set times, bigger venues, more people like, they're just growing themselves that then when you go and watch them, instead of just seeing all the same thing over and over or missing out on your favorite songs, they play all the songs you love and then they play some of their newer stuff that's a little bit more groovy and people dance to it and it's i think it's a great thing i think it's, I cool. Think it's cool too and that people like bring me the horizon a good example of like an industry leader you know mm. they're, they're pushing like the the boundary out of what is considered heavy music you know and it's it still falls in that bracket but it's it's not like other stuff that you've heard you know yeah yeah it's, and the production level on it even if you hate it the production is incredible mm-hmm. like it's wild to think that that you know, so it's they've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, bands like that, the nineteen seventy five. Yeah, you want you want to be a band that's like to elevate your genre status because that's that's gen it's the general trajectory of bands. You know, you you find your feet in a community of like minded people that mm. all identify and have built their identities around this certain genre of music. So whether that is folk music or alternative rock or fucking emo music. So people, you know, they wear that on their sleeve. And so you identify with that community, you, you all grow together. And then there's a certain point that you have to choose. It's like, we're going to, we're going to stay under this little ceiling forever and everybody can pat us on the back and say that it's, you know, it's great. Another good record. Or if you'd like to grow, mm. you have to reach new people. Yeah. And it's like, um, yeah, I just, it's expanding your audience is, is a important thing. I, I really think so. And it's pushing yourself. Like you have to be mm. excited about your music that you're putting mm-hmm. out. It's like, you're not going to be fucking excited if you're rinsing the same record or even if it's the same narrative. So I like, you know, even if your, your record is, has like a woe is me thing. It's like, and the next record does. It's like, and the next record, (laughs) like I'm I'm all for like a sad sack song, you know, but it's like, surely like four records, man, you've figured out how to, you know, trigger a bit of serotonin Mm -hmm. by doing something. I don't know. So I just, I I don't know. In saying all this, we can expect some screaming on some slow, slow stuff in the future. (laughs) For sure. I mean, like we guest vocals maybe from someone. We've, we've, um, we've written a lot of heavy music over COVID and it's, I get through phases where I'll just do, yeah, just acoustic stuff or I'll be feeling generally after a show, you know, come home with my bell rung and I'll just be like, I want to write some riffs today. Yeah. Like it's, you know, like, I, <laughs> but that's because it feels right at the time. So we, we need, we need a song with that. We can do some sort of wall of death, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think smile lines is probably one that is, gets the crowd moving a lot. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty jumpy song, you know. Like, the, uh, what other songs is there that, that are really like get the crowd moving? Like, Ten Link Clover is pretty pretty jumpy, but yeah, the creature of habit. Creature mm-hmm. habit. Well, I don't think I've show. seen yeah. any of the newer stuff. No, you yet. wouldn't have. No, 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 no. yeah, it's, nobody. Yeah, nobody. I has. mean, I I'm just saying that I jump around. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like listening to that one. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, there's like um, there's learning curve off chapter two, which I feel like is in that heavy basket, but. 
yeah, that's the, I think we, yeah, we dip a toe in every now and again mm. and when it feels right, when the topic feels yeah. right so that it doesn't smell like a rat. Cause yeah. it was like, this is actually, I'm not just going to scream for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you don't know until you actually play it live. It's, it's hard to gauge what, um, the crowd's going to all like, you know, the fans and how they're going to react to a song. It's hard to gauge that. I, I assume, I mean, it's very hard to be like, yeah, they're going to move around here and there. Like, Every, each crowd is going to be different as well. Like, I'm sure you've played in front of crowds and you're like expecting them to go nuts here and then like, no. <laughs> sure. It's a, it's a funny one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, you, yeah, you, you can't, at the same time, it's like, you can't cater too hard to like, mm. cause it, you got to kind of try and, uh, have fun up there and play the songs that you want to play so that, you know, you guys have, like, we have a good time, but then, yeah, it's, it's, you want everyone else to have a good time, we, I always fuck up the set list, I always put, like, <laughs> some slow song after the, it's, like, when the vibe is, like, really pumping, and we have to, like, change it on the fly, oh. we'll, be like, we'll move that later, like, let's jump in, you know, Shit. so, changing songs around during the set, isn't that difficult to do, like, because, like, backing tracks and stuff, I don't know, you, do you, no, you you don't have any we're pretty straight up, yeah, okay. yeah, with our live setup, so, um, yeah, we just started, like, playing to click, so it's a little bit different live, just so, mm. keep things consistent, because we do have the, um, tendency to get a bit excited and play everything, <laughs> like, fucking 50 BPM too fast, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so we've started, um, playing to click, and that's, that's been really cool, actually, it's been a cool little challenge. Because uh, I don't know if you ever watch like any old Blink and stuff like that when they play like on Letterman and shit. It's always like, yeah, really it's always so really fast. fast. Yeah, they get they get too too into it, you know. Yeah. So there's a beauty in that. There's a beauty in like the live energy of it. So we shifted things a little bit to accommodate for that kind of adrenaline. But um, yeah, we just wanted to keep it consistent. Mm. And t- tell me one thing, what's, what's the feeling you get when the crowd, when you can step away from the mic and, and the crowd sings lyrics for you? Like, is that? Oh, it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, you still get kind of butterflies in your tummy. You don't expect it. I didn't expect it. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like just to know that people actually know the lyrics and sing along and the crowd and the whole vibe, you know, it's, it's. It's a feeling like that feeling you get like on goosebumps when you're in the crowd and everyone's singing along. I just imagine like on stage knowing you wrote this and it's your song and everyone's singing along to it. You're kind of like, oh my God, you just take a step back and you're like, is this real? <laughs> For sure. You feel have that out of body experience. It's funny with stuff like that and tattoos and you just... People got a lot of slow yeah, and tattoos. Yeah, you, you just go... You know, post them up, mate, on the on social media. <laughs> Yeah, we actually haven't posted many. There's there's so many. We've um there's a I sometimes get um our manager will screenshot there's a Facebook fan group. Okay. And where people share a lot of tatties and stuff and she'll if there's ever like a crazy one she'll screenshot and send it to me and I'll be like, Whoa. Anyhow, so it sounds like music takes up a hell of a lot of time in your life. Yeah, it's it's that's it. Outside of music, what do you what do you do? Just anything any other hobbies or is it just writing and music and yeah i got a dog i love my dog <laughs> so it's not really a hobby but i guess if you, a dog takes a bit of time go for walks yeah she's a kelpie <laughs> so pretty hyperactive so mm. spend a lot of time with my dog um and my partner 
Um, uh, what else do I like? <laughs> um, this is kind of like when I asked Indy. <laughs> yeah, he was like, music, I like writing. He's like, listen to music. He's like, fuck, what do I do with my life? <laughs> That's the, the same reaction. Like, he said, I was he sitting did. on the end. Uh, he listened to me like, what, what other topics? He goes, I was sitting on the end of my bed like, but what else do I do with it's my life? It's a bit sad, life? isn't it? <laughs> it's exactly what he said. He's like, I sat there for a second. He's like, you, you clicked something in my head. And I was like, what the fuck do I do with my life? <laughs> it's like that. It's a bit sad when you stare back at it. But the, um, I started riding my bike a bit in COVID. Uh, like cycling like a, bike? Like, yeah, like an old road bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going on some rides with friends and stuff when you couldn't catch up. And that, yeah. that kind of like became a bit addictive to me. Um, I really like, I like being outdoors a lot. My, my partner, Kirst, she runs, um, a farm. Okay. Like an inner city farm. Um, and she also does like some landscaping and consultancy mm-hmm. stuff. She's like a horticulturalist by trade. So yeah. it's really kind of got me into like the outdoors and like, you know, growing food and stuff like that. So I quite like, you should be a bit a of professional that. at that, mate. Non- a bit Don has got a garden. Model. Yeah. <laughs> But other than that, and yeah, it's um, I don't know, pretty boring. It's yeah. alright. It's that you don't have to be. Uh, I mean, a lot of people would say you're very interesting just based on your music. <laughs> I just don't have like. There's just not a lot of real estate left after you. Yeah. you if you want to do music wholeheartedly, it's um. Well, it's basically a full time thing. So full time thing, and um, yeah, it's like. You can't like want something your whole life and then get it and then get kind of lazy about it. I feel like I, yeah. every day I get up and I'm like, I have to chip something off, you know, towards, you know, the next yeah. project or the next like campaign or next record or, you know, like I like to just every day go to bed thinking I did, did something today. And yeah, then, yeah. and that's the way that you tackle big mountains. So, and that's records it. are mountains. Like mm-hmm. you, you guys would know right music now. It's like it's it's so a long road. Much, yeah. So much involved in it. It's, it's really hard. The, the fine details is what the killer is. Cause it's like, you listen to the song and you're like, okay, yeah, that sounds really good. And you're like, oh, well, you know, maybe there's this, tra- like this transition here. We got to fix yeah, up yeah. and oh, these lyrics here don't like, I'm not really happy with it. And then it's like, before you know it, you're like, rewriting the whole song oh, and then sure. the, the, the riffs all change and then you're like oh god we're basically starting from scratch again yeah yeah but like even on t- like just outside of writing the music you've got the whole release uh, how we're going to release the music and you know what artwork's going with it oh, merch, videos and videos and, and oh merch, my yeah. god so like, it's, it's, yeah to 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 plan like a whole campaign is it's it's a lot of work and to get everything to tie together feel good um even just like you can spend months writing and recording and mixing a track and you're unhappy yeah you know you get it back and you yeah. go i fucking hate this like and that's the most demoralizing thing exactly what we were discussing the other day me and luke were like what happens if we get back some of these songs and we're like we don't like them man. it's like you spent like the last like, year and a half <laughs> writing right. this stuff and putting it together and then imagine if you're like I don't like it like we've got to, we've got to change it <laughs> it's uh, something that we like struggled with for ages because I would just you know record like a demo onto my phone mm. and then acoustically or you know or do so, like a super shitty garage band demo like through the microphone mm. in the laptop 
and um, we would, I think when you like, just when you write a song, like the moment you write it, you're really like tapping into like the actual emotion that you're singing about. Mm. And then so we would fall in love with this shitty voice memo and then you'd go, okay, now we flesh it out. This should sound better. We have like better guitar amps. Yeah. You have like, you're singing into a really nice mic, you know, and then it would be like, why do I like the demo better? Yeah. Like, why? And that we came up against that a hundred times. And so like we struggled with getting over that. The way that we got around it was by upgrading my home setup. Ah. So my home setup is like pretty extravagant now. And so all the vocals you hear on the record are vocals I've done at home, like in a demo, like the moment that I wanted to sing it, wrote it. Yeah. And that's how we got around that demo artist. Okay. Because it was like... Demo artist. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You're giving yeah. it on your own word. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it plagued us for so long because we couldn't, um, couldn't get back the magic of that initial mm. demo. And this has helped. It's like... Okay. We're able to use... And guitar-wise, like I'll now going digital like we can use mm. a lot of the um same components yeah that we track in the demo we can just like transfer them so, so continuously learning you know it's how to get better at everything it's more uh, efficient yeah, more efficient for sure you never stop learning you know just it's been slowly slowly has been a thing for five years six years mm -hmm. something like that yeah okay so even now you're still oh yeah trying to streamline things yeah get it right nothing worse than being unhappy with yeah, yeah stuff once you get it mixed it's like yeah if you're not confident with it as well like if you're unsure and then you're like trying to embark on a tour and you're playing live and you just it just it'll just eat away at you so like you've got to make sure you even though it might be a real drag and a pain you've got to make sure you're 100 percent happy with it yeah if it's possible to be 100 percent happy <laughs> for sure for sure I'm, I'm a bit of a stickler but it's um when you're on the upswing you really you don't want to put out something that's subpar or like a backward step from your last record. Like yeah. it's one thing to broach new territory and change your sound and do all that, like do all that. But if it's, it's a bit shit, like it's, that's just the yuck feeling. Cause you got to live with that for months then yeah, until yeah, the next yeah. one. And it's like, oh, you can lose a lot of momentum in that process if you're putting out stuff that's a bit half-assed. So mm. I've always tried to everything just, kind of raise the bar a little bit for us yeah, yeah 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 and you've done a lot of touring obviously all around australia have you ever toured overseas or no, no we, not we, we were going to and then covid oh we you actually had it planned. planned yeah did you, did you announce it no we hadn't no. had anything announced it wasn't 100 concrete but um we we're going to do uk and okay there's a couple of things there that yeah. kind of got a pin in it but um yeah, mm. really pumped for it to happen again. Okay, so just Australia is what you've done so far around, around Australia. You've been to all the states and... Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. been all around. Like, favourite tour or favourite moment or any, any funny stories being on tour? Because I know it's a bit of a boys boys trip, you know. As much as it is you're touring with the band, it's more like a holiday, basically. It's it's a chance to go over with your best friends, yeah. So, um, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> favourite tour. We had a lot of fun on the last tour, the Jellyfish tour. Oh, yeah. Um, that, uh, because we, the regional run was really fun too. We had a really cool team of people and we'd, we, we use a guitar tech named Brad Fulton 
Okay. His, nick- nick- his nickname is Smokes. And right. he he tours with like Gang of Youths, DMAs, um, wow. Jungle Giants. Like yeah. He's like a, a Von Soho leader. So he, he's like, um, he's just a gun. Mm. And we've been close friends for years now. And he'll do the odd show for us. But we managed to lock in a full run. And so there was a few things like that. Uh, we were using a sound person um, demo that really understood our show. Um, Pat, our photographer from up in Sydney, like locked in for the whole run. We just had like a cool yeah, tour cool, family cool. Yeah. and the support bands. Um, uh, yeah, like it was just great. And like, we had a little family. It was sick. I know like rock and roll, you know, is really party partying and alcohol and like getting you know getting grouty and that. I don't imagine he's doing too much partying like <laughs> just sort of pick our moments I think it's like you know and when you have a big tour party like that where you've got a lot of people there's always enough you know if someone wants to party you'll find two or three people yeah. that want to kick on and if if you're feeling chill and like you want to go back to the com and wake up and maybe go for a walk and get breakfast somewhere yeah. Like there's someone else who want to do that with you. So, yeah, yeah. um, we have enough diversity, I think in our little touring family that mm. you can kind of pick your moments, but there are definitely times if, if we book like an after party, mm. like a DJ set, like Alex and Albert, they DJ. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Some, some shows <laughs> and stuff. So they'll, um, if that's happening, then we'll kind of make the planets align. Yeah, yeah. And then everybody kind of goes out. Um, I'd, I'd imagine you have to be careful though, like as being vocalists. Like yeah, I'll blow my voice. You so. can't have a big night out after a show and then back it up the next night with a, playing a live show again because like surely your voice isn't going to be... Oh, I don't know, like do you, how do you go with that? I have never lost it um, yet. I need some, <laughs> some, some wood around here. <laughs> there you go, yeah, that's the same as wood. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is just for this purpose. There you go. There you go. Um, I haven't lost it yet uh, and had to deal with that, but there, it definitely is a fear. I think you lose it more from shouting over the house music at a pub mm. afterwards at the merch desk than you'd lose it on stage, which yeah. is funny. So, yeah, you really got to watch that, but... So that's, that's generally where we'll book after party shows or like have those moments is we'll book them like when they, we know there's a spare few days for me to yeah. recover or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case. Like that's one thing that I'd be worried about. Cause I was like, oh, yeah, everyone else can, everyone else can just go crazy. Like, fuck it. If you're just the guitarist, like, yeah, you might be tired, but like if you're tired, you can still play the guitar. Like if, but if you're tired and you been drinking especially alcohol like your voice might not be 100% and you, you can't sing <laughs> if you, oh, the last yeah. thing you want to do is go on a stage and be like I'm not feeling it you know there's um when we toured with something for Kate Paul Dempsey would like have a few beers with us after the show then the next day you'd get up go to a radio performance at some breakfast TV breakfast um radio thing you'd come back play the show have a few beers like, and I was just like how is this dude? And I said, like, how do you do it? He's like, he's like, somehow he's like, when you get up there and you're pumped full of adrenaline and the fight or flight, he's like, it just works. He's like, if you just trust it, it'll just work. Yeah. It'll work every time. And I was like, oh my God, I can't <laughs> commit that hard. But well, he's been doing it for a long time. He's just a, he's an inspiration, dude. You got him up um, at the corner hotel. Yeah. To play. Yeah. Shays? Yeah. Uh, no, he did the Cold War with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. 
Yeah, I remember he got up on stage though, and everyone went nuts. And yeah, that was a cool dream yeah. for me. Like, um, he'd be like one of my favorite musicians ever. Mm. Like he's with something for Kate and his solo stuff. He's pulled MC Records. Like he plays all the instruments and yeah, yeah. He's just wearing. So, you, have you had the chance to meet many people that are like your idols? Like you, Red Hot Chili Peppers, I guess, is a big one, and pulled pulled MC and who else have you like? met in a professional manner but you're kind of like oh my god like fanboying on the inside <laughs> has it been many a few years ago when we first started out we played with citizen and i loved really you played with citizen yeah we played with them at the corner oh, and i love citizen and, and uh so that was and that was when we weren't getting he was like one of our first international supports so it was very like okay citizen yeah i really like them they're, they're a good band yeah. yeah so that was that was kind of like early on a pretty cool moment um i don't know yeah there's the ones that you mentioned mm. i think um yeah like uh, no one springs to mind that like really has rattled me yeah like the story um of indy mm. uh, meeting um uh, uh, Mayor McDougal, Jenna McDougal from um, Tonight Alive, oh, because he got, he got to meet her, and he was like, because he loved he loves them, and he had grown up listening to their music, so they played a show that he supported them, and he apparently when he met her, he was like, oh, hey, hey, going, and he just sat, stood there quietly, didn't didn't really say much, and I was like. Bloody hell, like, did you make amends for it the next time? He's like, yeah, the next time I met her, I was like, apologize. I was like, sorry, I was really rattled last time. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, yeah. We, we, I've met Jenna at um, um, Land, Land of Plenty, I think the festival okay. we played. They, um, she, she was there to, um, I think, yeah, I think she's, she was there to, to watch Ocean Grove, I think she might be dating a singer. Dating, yeah, dating right. Dale, yeah, yeah. Dating Dale, that's right. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, we met her backstage then, and I had the same sort of feeling. I remember just being like, <laughs> she has like such an aura. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, she's so she's, like lovable. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. So that was pretty cool too. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a million. I'm just constantly like humbled and like feel like you know that I'm not worthy. <laughs> you know, but. Well, I mean, I've got, I've got you here today, and so I'm I'm not really fanboying. I'm trying not to, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I've gotten to meet... Um, being in the like in the scene, you get to meet your local kind of, like, bands you listen to, and every now and then you get the chance to meet a singer or, or one of the guitarists, drummers, and, like, I've got friends that are in bands, so I'll, I'll talk to them. I'll be talking with them, and, like, all of a sudden, one of them, someone will come over, and I'll be like, oh, my God, that's so-and-so, and I'll, like, get introduced to them, and so... It's good fun. Like it's a small scene. I think it's a really good scene. For sure. Yeah. I um, I'm looking forward to shows going back, and you get that, you get to cross paths with some more mm. strangers and friends of friends. You know. Yeah, yeah. I um, I got to meet, literally by fluke, um, being as an ocean. Oh yeah. Joel, the yeah. the singer. Um, it will add uh, will add next. Was it next? Yeah, what we'll, we'll, we'll next? So like, he's a he's a pretty he's a pretty big band. Like, he's a pretty well known dude. And we're sitting there out in like the smokers area, the outdoor area. And all of a sudden, he just walks out with like a beer and a cigarette and puts it down. He's, he goes to the table by himself and he's just standing there. There's people everywhere around, and I'm just sitting there like, holy shit, that's, that's like Joel. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking talk to him. He's just standing there by himself. So I go over, hey, how you going, man? And he's like, oh, hey, how you going? Oh, my name's my name's Joel. And I was like. 
Oh my god, like your name's Adam. <laughs> and so like he was the most down to earth guy ever. And we just spoke for maybe 10, 15 minutes about, like, he was telling me about all his touring and they've been banned for so long. He loves it. And I was like, dude, I can't believe, like, everyone just, like, left you alone. Like, doesn't, not everyone know who you are. And he's like, oh, you know. Some people <laughs> it's just a, like the it's intimidating a, Yeah. That they don't want to go up and say anything. It's very rare that someone would be a prick. Yeah. Like, oh, I've, yeah. I've, I've, like, I don't think I've experienced it yet. Like, one of um, my idols or, or even, like, mm. just if someone, you know, that's, you know, you're real excited to meet. Like, I've never... No, no mm. one's ever been a prick. But, like, you couldn't walk around at a show and people wouldn't come up and talk to you. Like, surely, they, they, people would be like, oh, my God, I have to talk to him. Like, you wouldn't be able to walk yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's, um... <laughs> like, I, I genuinely like it. So, like, at our Sydney mm. show, uh, that the ones that just went, yeah, the yeah. solo show, like, I stayed back for... I think, like, we finished up at, like, one because mm. I stayed back and I said, I'll be at the Mercy House yeah. If you want to chat and hang out, I'll, I'll be there, like, until, you know, see everybody. So, mm. I just genuinely like it. That's one of the things I missed in COVID was, like, meeting new people. I yeah, like, love yeah. meeting new people. So, if someone ever comes up and says, hello, I'm never, like, fuck somewhere to yeah, be, man. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm just yeah, like, yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, that's so cool that you, you know my band. Like, fuck yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I don't think I've ever come across anyone who's been, like, an asshole like oh I don't have time for you type thing you know you don't know, I've never got that vibe off anyone so no yeah that's good you got you got quite a few fans so you might have to spare a lot of time especially with this new release now <laughs> I'm super pumped about it man <laughs> super pumped yeah real pumped so what is the the plan for long term now you got you're gonna be you're gonna be a band forever or what you're gonna be touring the world and get famous <laughs> I don't know, super least... famous well known everywhere <laughs> I don't, I'm really excited for the next couple records because um we've just like I'm just super excited for the material like I just I love some of it and I've really spent like a lot of time on it so and it's sounding sick and like all the yeah, all the visual stuff's looking really good mm. and I'm just like I'm just excited to see what people think of it okay. so I don't know, that's all I kind of, I can't see past that at this point, but you know, if it does really well, then that's, that's awesome. If it doesn't, then, uh, that's okay too. Cause I think the beauty of COVID that I kind of saw was if you have enough stuff in the kitty that you're excited about releasing, it becomes less of a stress when you're releasing something. So like, you know, say like back in the day when it was like, the most recent song we'd written and recorded was the song that we were releasing next. Mm. It was like, it was like, oh my God, this defines us completely, <laughs> you know, like, and if people fucking hate this, it's like, well, we have nothing, we have to quit. Whereas now we've got this, all of this stuff and these plans and it feels really like a, like our, our plans are long into the yeah. future that it's like, if we release something and it, it isn't received the way we want to, it's like, that's cool. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, just the next thing coming it's got up. the next thing coming up you've got, you know. you got the plan set there's a structure coming up yeah so so for yeah i said it's like my if there was some advice i could give my younger self about mm. that it'd just be like just bank up a few different ideas and put the plan in stone and then it's less stressful when you're doing stuff by the seat of your pants and you're just going like hey we just finished this six out like it's and then you're like wait for everyone's response and it's like, yeah like, yeah, you know, yeah it yeah. can really like eat you if it doesn't happen mm. like you want it to well, they, 
Yeah. You're giving you're giving uh, advice to everyone listening. There'll cool. Be, I hope it helps. There, there'll be people listening. I hope so. Anyway, you um, I might. All right, hopefully, you'll draw a bit of a crowd to, to the podcast. And for sure, I'll send them over. Yes, that's what we want. <laughs> I've been struggling, not struggling, but um, like if if people aren't sharing the podcast, but like the views are, are perfectly fine. But um, it it helps when the person I get on actually shares it as well yeah for sure it's because i can only do so much myself and I, when i'm sharing i'm sharing to like the same people each week so it, i generally when people are sharing it like my guests are sharing it it's getting like a new um their, their crowd of friends so with each episode that's been going on each person that shares it i'm getting i get a few more views from them because like even if i say 200 people see it from their end and i get maybe five people from that listen to it then regularly they go oh, hang on we like what you're putting out and then the next one another five people five five so it just builds up on its on itself so totally yeah yeah i'm i'm hoping that i can build up and get bigger and i'll get you on again when i'm for sure man in, in the next pulling, studio pulling in more views you know <laughs> cool. for sure. i was i was really surprised that you would actually come do this <laughs> i was i really wasn't sure i was like just throwing it out there I was like hey man you want to come do the podcast you know like I think I just replied to like one of the stories and you're like yeah man let's do it let's just fucking do <laughs> it like fuck yeah and I'm like alright don't know if you're joking or not but <laughs> so no it's you know I was like I gotta make sure uh, I organise this Come on. Got, got him coming and then Luke was like are you sure Ben's coming and I was like yeah he's like but it's the band page. Like, are you sure not the guitarist isn't coming? I was like, <laughs> oh, no. I was like, I'm not gonna ask Andre whoever comes on the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. It yeah. was pretty funny. I was, I was like, no, nah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Ben's coming. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I'd seen like a couple of the DMs of the funny, non Luke stuff. Ah, I thought right. it was funny, and I was like, yeah, these boys sound like they sound like fun. Yeah, non Luke loves cooking. He's, uh, he's always cooking, and he's got about. 12 or so videos um i reckon you would love his food i'm gonna i'm gonna get on uh i reckon you'll love it Instagram. i don't think I'm, i've just seen the stuff I've been <laughs> here we go yeah, this we go. is my ricotta cake you made this yeah just for oh you mate God. Just for you. and we've got some almond biscotti downstairs <laughs> that i made as well what the hell? so lona luke cooked this or baked it i guess i'm so impressed <laughs> Holy shit. i love ricotta cake too really oh yeah, i love it you did great perfect yeah. perfect well we, i wasn't sure time. i wasn't sure luke was thinking about it and he's like what's he gonna like what's he gonna like no, you nailed it because i think like, like yeah like I, do, I don't like stuff that's like super duper sweet you know mm. and ricotta cake is just Fuck. like it's perfect <laughs> oh, nailed it. well, there you go all the guests that come live we get they get a dessert from Nonna Luca. Jeez, <laughs> half my life. Which is to get with Paul. And yeah. then I made the lemon Le- cake. Lemon yeah. cake Indy. for Indy. Ooh. And he loved that. He's like, yeah. lemon cake is my he favorite said, yeah, as well. Like, <laughs> Dude, you're nailing it subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. So he's all over I think, it. What, I made something to someone else. What did I make for Julian? Or did we just have biscuits? I think we just had biscuits and coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just just made because... And he was eating them. We, we, we thought, how can we get the Nonna Luca and the podcast like to conjoin and actually try to get people to watch Nonna Luca? So like, let's just make, st- like get him to make stuff for the guests. So. Sure. <laughs> there oh, you go. Man, I'm hit it, on the, hit it on the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I reckon we should, uh, we should go and eat this now. We won't eat it on the podcast. 
No. We've been talking for like two hours, so well, yeah, awesome. we're coming on for two hours. Now. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll <laughs> call it the quits, and I reckon we'll go have a coffee and have some cake down there. And, and first time that a guest has brought something for us. To I know well. it's you can't see it, but you brought a special gift for me. Tell everyone what you brought. <laughs> brought some cannoli from the um, coveted La Pasticino in Reservoir. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Canola is one of my favourites. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make the best ones. Here we go. We'll we'll have them. I guess I can't wait to go and taste them. So uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. It was was my pleasure. And I I really appreciate you and your music. So keep doing what you're doing. uh, We'll have you on again in the the future. So yeah. Fuck yeah. Say goodbye. And we'll uh, we'll see you all next time. (laughs) See you guys.